This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ah! Just banged my face into the microphone. <laughs> All right. What up, Knicks fans? Mm. I'm doing that again. I do that every time. It's like taking a couple of swings in the batter's box. You know what I do every time I do? What up, Knicks fans? It's a hard Knicks life. And I'm like, that's way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also visit us on www.patreon.com backslash hardnicks life. Actually, I don't know if it's a hardnicks life or hardnicks life. You should know. It's been so something, long. Something you should know, especially if you're giving out the website. Well, here, I'm going to have to probably put it good on. to know what it is so people don't have to type in a bunch of different things until they hit it. It's not a game, Craig. All right, go to www.patreon.com backslash hardnicks life. Get some exclusive content. You can reach out to us, message us, get us to send you some stickers. It's a great deal. Was that too much, Barry? You said to plug Patreon, but do just a little. It was just enough. All right. I I think it was too much already. Well, now it's becoming too much. And uh, check out our YouTube channel. It's brand new. You can just go to www.itsahardnickslife.com. You want to put a couple of pretty faces to these voices? You go to YouTube. We're still trying to figure that whole YouTube thing out. We've been putting our full episodes up there, but I don't think we're going to do that this week. We're just going to put up short little videos. Would you say that's because we're lazy, Barry? I don't know. You can make the lazy argument either way. Like at first we thought we're doing the podcast anyway. We might as well just record our Skyping and then we could put it on YouTube. That was kind of lazy, right? Right. So I don't think there's any less lazy than that. It's just a different approach. Well, dude, last week we did the we did the whole show, right? And we recorded the video so we could put it up on YouTube. And my computer crashed. It takes like an hour to export this hour-long podcast video in video format. Right. There's that whole aspect. Three times at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and then 4 a.m., my computer crashed in the final minute of the export of that video. So uh, listen, maybe I'm being lazy. I don't want to fucking do that again. I mean, it didn't bother me so much because I was sleeping through all that. Right, you were so like, right, it's cool. of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we end the podcast and it's like, I'm off to bed and, you know, you're left to deal with making sure everything's smooth before it hits the, uh, hits the airways. Yeah, I'm in my little office here cursing my brains out every time it crashes. All and right. Me, 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 me. What's that? That was, that was me sleep. That was me sleeping. Oh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking um, uh, whiskey and ginger ale with a little lime. Look what I got. Was that iced tea? No, Barry. That's cream fucking soda. Oh. It is a hard Nick's life. This is season two, episode twenty-eight. 
This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rod from Sydney, Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. Barry, motherfucking D, show me what you're working with. There it is. Show me what you're working with, Barry. What's up, Axe? How are you tonight? You hear those cowbells? I love the cowbells. You know I do. Ooh, what's going on? It's a crazy time of the year right now. Crazy time of the year. We're like, what, like a, a week and a half before the deadline, right? So shit's fucking all going to ruckus. That's right. Oh, what's new in what's new in your world? What's new in my world? Let, let me ask you: you, you ever you ever text with your mother-in-law? Actually, no, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, I normally don't either. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wouldn't recommend. Unless, like, why the fuck? Why would like, you want to text with your mother-in-law? Well, I wouldn't want to. Like, the only time we usually would like is if she lives out of town. So it's usually like if we're in the same town and like they're out together or something. I don't know. Usually it's if it's related to my wife. So anyway, I got a text from my mother-in-law. Okay. The other day. And is this texting with your mother-in-law usually like casual, like, Hey, how's it going? Or does she usually need an answer? There's usually no texting, dude. We usually don't text. That's why like, okay. You know, it'll usually be like a happy birthday or like if she can't reach my wife, she'll be like, is everything okay with you down? I've been trying to call her. Because like they talk like five times a day. But no, we don't have any communication like that. All right. But I, we had just seen her over Christmas break. We flew down. She lives out of state. And we spent you know a few days there. So anyway, a few days ago, I get this text from her. And it was a link to... It was just a link to an article that was entitled, How to Lose Weight Fast and the Healthy Way. Mm. And that was it. And that was sent to you. Yeah, she sent it to me. <laughs> and look, before we, I mean, obviously that's a, she wants you to lose a little weight, Barry. Is that what <laughs> yeah. that means? You know, yeah, I mean, again, she lives out of town, so I don't see her all the time. And But you had like, just seen her a few weeks earlier. What is her? I what is her? Earlier, but I hadn't seen her very, in a while. Is she very fit? She's fit for her age, sure. How would you describe her body? I'm not going to describe her body, but she's fit. She's very. She lives a very healthy lifestyle. Describe your mother-in-law's body. She puts into her body and all that. It's okay. I'm not going to describe her body. She's fit. She's a young-looking woman. She does not look her age. But um, okay, but but, but clearly, me like two years. Like I am. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm overweight. I have put on probably like I have put on about 25 pounds from like two years ago because right. I used to be in a lot more shape than I, than I am now. I used to bike a lot and get a lot of exercise that way and I kind of stopped doing that. So I put on some weight. So she probably hadn't seen me you know, in a while. But yeah, I got that text from her. So I just texted back, thank you. I wasn't going to get in <laughs> into a whole oh, thing. Oh, man. That's... But it didn't, it didn't stop there. Oh. So I wasn't aware of this, but are you aware that you could get like inboxed messages when you're on YouTube? Like if you I guess if you're logged into YouTube or if you're going on YouTube. I didn't even know that existed. But I was on YouTube the other day and in like the little right hand corner there was a mailbox with a little red dot on it and I clicked on it and she fucking <laughs> sent me two links through YouTube also. One of them was like a Jillian Michaels workout video. 
Oh, no. And I told my wife, my wife said, well, you, you asked for it when we went to see her. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I did no such thing. She's like, yes, you did. You opened the door. And my wife thinks that I like, you know, brought this upon myself by saying something to her. Like I, you know, encouraged her to send me like information. But the only thing I could possibly remember doing or saying was like we were having like dessert one night and she had like this real ice cream and she had like this fake ice cream. It was like a dairy-free ice cream. Uh-huh. And I, I volunteered to try the dairy-free fake ice cream and, and I complimented her on it. I said, this is very good. And I said, you know, whenever you talk about like healthy food, you know, and stuff, it's actually usually really good. But that's where it ended. I didn't tell her, you know, okay, start throwing this stuff at me. I'm ready to, you know, that's go not, all that's in not and give all the, the advice door. you need. Yeah, I don't think so either. But well, so I thought I thought it was amusing. Hmm. You know, if nothing else. So have you been uh working out to the J- Jillian Michaels workout video at all or <laughs> No, I didn't even I didn't even open it. I saw the title. That was enough for me. I'm you know, when I'm ready, I'll be ready, Craig. Listen, Barry, I want to tell you that I find your body totally sexy and I think you're perfect. You're a fucking man, all right? You are a man. What is she Is this supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> hearing this from you because it's not really doing it. Do you remember thing. back in high school you were so skinny you wanted to put on weight and you couldn't? I remember okay. you went on like a special um, mm. raw egg Creatine. Diet. No, but weren't you drinking... I remember creatine. Weren't you drinking raw eggs? Drinking raw eggs? No. At some point. I think you were. No way. Yes. I remember no. this. Ask Jason. He'll remember. Uh, okay, sure. I see. I forget putting raw eggs into my body, but you clearly remember. You want to stand up for me? No, no. you see me. You see me somewhat regularly. Well, I think that's you a, know what I'm working with. Your mother-in-law sounds like a, a bitch. <laughs> no offense to her or your wife. <laughs> so anyway, what's new with you, my friend? Oh, not much. Just getting through this time of the year with these trade rumors. It is. It is a rough time, man. This next like. Eight, nine days. Buckle up, Knicks fans. Because leading up to February 7th, it's going to be a bumpy ride, Barry. A bumpy ride. It is. It's going to be rocky. It's going to be rocky. Dude, pretty much everyone on the Knicks, based off what, what has been going on lately, right? We For weeks now, we've been hearing Frank Nilakina rumors that the, the Knicks are sort of divided on his future. You've heard rumors of him to Dallas for Dennis Smith which you know how we feel about that. Then some rumors came out that the Knicks were shopping Courtney, which we all know, and Timmy, which was a little bit of a surprise, even though that's what we all want. Then you hear Trey Burks being shopped around for a second-round pick. And now, dude, we all know Cantor is probably on the move, right? With either a buyout or a trade. (laughs) Probably. He's pretty much... Listen, when you're... (laughs) <laughs> when you're ripping the coach and the organization right. on a nightly basis, before, during, and after games, you're you're on the move. Yeah. And now this Anthony Davis shit has to get started, where he requests a trade. And now and rumors like are being his... floated out, float out. Everyone's on the table. Knox, right. Robinson, you, you know, Timmy, Frank, Porzingis. Porzingis. Give me a fucking break. Anybody's on the table, yeah. Nobody Future is first safe. round picks. 
Yeah, guys who aren't even on our team are on the fucking table. The 2021 first round picks, second round picks, this year's first round pick. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be hard to get through these next eight, nine days. But I'll say this, we should not be believing everything we read. No, and and, and when you're trying to analyze a trade scenario like this particular one, there's so many different hypotheticals, so many different scenarios that could take place. Um, the time frame that you do it in is a factor. People's intentions are a factor. You got to try to read between the lines. There, you know, there's so much that goes into something like this. And you know, the, the Pelicans are thinking one way. Anthony Davis is thinking another way. All the interested teams have to think a certain way. There's really so many different ways it could go. And yeah, you're right. The, between now and February 7th is going to be nerve-wracking. If nothing happens at that point, then as we enter the offseason, it's going to be nerve-wracking. When we find out where we're drafting, it's going to be nerve-wracking. Because all these little things, if nothing's happened up to that point, are all things that might be the tipping point that might lead to that scenario. Right. Supposedly, Anthony Davis is willing to play out the season and get dealt after the season. But I was just reading something that if the Knicks want to offer Porzingis, which for the record, in case Chris Stapps is listening to this, because we know he listens to every show. According to that report I read, the Knicks would have to trade Porzingis before February 7th for him to be in the deal. So they're on, if that's the case, which is what I've been rating lately, that they might be offering a Porzingis and a Knox and this year's first round pick for him, which, dude, I would not, I would not do this. If that's the case, they would have to do it by the 7th. The Lakers would like to do it by the 7th, I'm sure. The Pelicans probably wouldn't want to do it by the 7th. Because if they wanted a first-round pick, they'd want to wait to see exactly like what the Knicks pick, what the value is of the Knicks pick. Or who's when you've got an Anthony pick. Davis, and, yeah. you're, and you've got him at a contract for over the next year, yeah, you want to maximize what you're going to get from him. You know, it's one thing if he's going to play out his contract and not resign, but I mean, for, for like the next year when you expected to have him, you're going to want to get the most possible that you can get for him, which he is worth. And it's probably in their best interest, yeah, to wait it out if they can. Because, I mean, there's going to be a lot more offers that are going to be coming to them after this season than the ones that are going to be coming to them now, at least more illustrious ones. So, Barry, what do you believe? Woj said the Knicks are going to be really aggressive in pursuing Davis. Then I read in the Daily News that Fisdale is not interested in Anthony Davis. Right? He, he's saying they're going to stay the course. And, now, and then today, reports came out that even though we've been hearing for a couple days now that the Knicks are on his short list of teams he'd be interested in, and people are seem very sure about that. It came out today that his agent is going to make it clear to teams that the only team he's interested in signing with is the Lakers. So where do you stand on that? Do you think, do you believe any of this or you think it's Lakers or bust for Davis? I believe that it's Lakers or bust for Davis. Not necessarily now, but I think that's going to be his final destination, which is what makes it so, not frustrating, but it's so scary to think of the fact that we might give up a ton, 
or even let's say it's not a ton. Let's say it's a straight up Chris Stapps for Davis. Well, right? did you see that like Bleacher that, Report? To me is an, did you see the Bleacher Report trade offer? Which one is that? You know, it's not it's not real, but Bleacher Report suggested the, the deal they thought the Knicks would have to give up for Davis. Frank, Timmy, Knox, Robinson, the 2019 <laughs> first round pick. <laughs> okay, no, their no. 2021 first round pick, and a second round draft pick. Stop. <laughs> no. Okay. See that? No. No. I mean, that would be really aggressive. So if you're if you're you know using that quote from before, yeah, that's the Knicks being really aggressive. I do not see them doing that. No, no way, no how. But but again, like like so, there's so many different levels to this, and there's so many like things where it's like, okay, if it was less than this, I would do it. If it was more than this, I wouldn't. Now, if it was KP for Anthony Davis straight up, you have to do that. You have to. I mean, Anthony no. Davis is a top five player in the league. I will not do it. Chris Stapps, you're safe. <laughs> you gotta st- like you gotta the- stay on Chris Stapps's good side, Barry. Okay, okay. Well, that's Even why if you're you here. Think you should do that? You say you're not going to do that. We never trade Chris Stapps. Well, you, you say that. All right, you say that. <laughs> but like the thing is, though, if like even doing that, it would be like I would need to have assurances, like to know that he's not just going to get up and walk away. That this isn't just like a stepping stone for him, or like a stop on his bus stop to L.A. You know, like we don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. I mean, they they went through the same thing. Toronto took a gamble taking Kawhi Leonard, you know, but it and and they don't know if at the end of the season what he's going to do. They're hoping he's going to stay, but it was it was it wasn't as much of a risk for Toronto to do it as it would be for the Knicks. Toronto was already a contending team, right? Um, they were giving up DeRozan for Kawhi. They're already like right there. If the Knicks have to give all give up all these pieces on a gamble that Anthony Davis is going to stay with them, and then he leaves, we are even further behind where we are now, which I can't even fathom. Can you imagine taking steps back from where this team is today and having to start pulling pieces and start building again? I mean, we're not even into the rebuilding process that much. No, it is not worth that gamble. No, it's not. I happen to like this young core that we have with Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox and Alonzo Trier. I like this core. I feel like this core can become the backbone of this team. You know, we've got Chris Stapps coming back and, you know, that's why I, I, I can't even make most of these trades because we don't have that assurance that Anthony Davis is going to stay. Okay. Let's say you did. Let's say you did have that assurance. I still wouldn't fucking make that deal because Anthony, you wouldn't take you no. wouldn't swap. Wait, 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 wait. If you're telling me that you knew that that it's a given that no, I'm talking about year, that Anthony deal Davis, with all those guys involved. Oh no, no, no! All those guys, no, I would not. Do Even that. if you had an assurance, no. Yeah, I still wouldn't do yeah, it. Same. But Przingis straight up for AD, you would do. Can we make? Can we see if that's clear? Let's pretend that Chris Stapps turned off the podcast to go take a leak for a second. No, and he's not he's, listening. No, he's 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 totally safe. Oh, get the fuck well, out of here. here forever! <laughs> Come on, it's me you're talking to. Just I know you just love Chris. You. I love KP also. Just me, just me. It's KP for AD. Straight up. 
Yeah, I and AD is going to resign and be here for another five years. Yeah, I mean you, you have to. If that's exactly. The case. Yeah, that you have to do. But I'm if not. I'm KP, not. I'm honestly. I, I'll not, tell you. And I'll, wait, wait, wait. Because right. I want to see how far we're going to take this. I want to see where you value everything and, and the whole situation. Right, and people want to know. Go for it. All right. So now we got KP, and this is all going to happen before February seventh. Right now, this scenario. So KP plus this year's first round pick. No. I would do that. No, I wouldn't. How would you not do that? <laughs> and don't tell me because Zion Williamson is coming here. Because we know that's a long shot. We have a, Even if we end up dead last, we, we, we know that we have a 14% chance of landing the number one. And I know it's a, a great draft class, but you're still talking about Anthony Davis. Okay, and what has Anthony Davis for done? For what could in, be. What's he done in New Orleans? Well, he hasn't brought a championship to them, if that's what you're saying. But has he put up like astronomical, like amazing numbers, superstar numbers? These numbers, like he, the, the 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 stuff that he puts up and how he takes over games is insane. What are you talking about? What has he done in New Orleans? He hasn't. He matter. hasn't brought he, that team up to a level that we're trying to get to. And he's had. He's yeah, been surrounded just, with good players, like Demarcus Cousins was there last year. Drew Holiday is a great point guard. Yeah, I understand that. But we're talking about trading him for Kristaps Porzingis. So you're already up a notch there. And a potentially Zion, who could be a potentially. franchise. Dude, Look, if we... I know that it's just a 14% chance, but it's a 14% chance at a player that is a franchise-altering player. Look, I'm on the same page with you if this discussion is after we know our pick and we're locked in the number one pick. If I know that we're picking number one, I'm, I agree with you. I wouldn't give Chris Stapps and the number one pick for Anthony Davis. But at this point, when it's just a gamble, I'm rolling the dice with Anthony Davis. I'm not doing and saying, it. Well, okay. He's, All right. Listen, he's a top 10 player, right? Maybe better than that. Davis? Yeah. Top five, would you say? I put him at top five. Uh, yeah, yeah, I put him right at five. But you know, everyone gives Porzingis a hard time for not being able to stay healthy. Antonio Davis isn't Antonio. Anthony Davis isn't the healthiest dude. He's never played a full season ever. He misses on average like fifteen games a year. He hasn't elevated New Orleans. He's not that kind of star. He's not that kind of player that really elevates an entire team like a LeBron. There's not too many players out there. I mean, aside from LeBron James, there's not really another player that can take a whole team on his back and gain a championship. Maybe Zion is that guy. Oh my gosh. Maybe he is. But at this point, we don't we don't have Zion, okay? You know we what? We don't have Zion. We're just we don't have- we're just getting started in this rebuild. I'm not prepared to give up Two great young assets and Porzingis and a top five pick are great, great assets. Okay, I've got I've got I've got a for one for you. Great asset. What? Okay. Take my last proposal. Okay. We're 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 just into summer. The draft hasn't come up yet, but we've got the number one pick coming to us. Uh Uh-huh. Kevin Durant. Let's the front office know. Look, 
if you get Ant Anthony Davis here, I will sign with you guys. It's the only way I'm coming. You get Anthony Davis here, I don't care how you get him here. I don't care if you lose KP. I don't care if you give up that first pick. Well, like I said before, KP would have to be dealt before the seventh for some reason. What do you mean? Is that is that true? Yeah, they can't trade him in the offseason. Why is that? What, do I have to look it up right now? Well, yeah, I want to know what the, the ruling on that is. This is by Rick Buecher, who's a reliable source. Who the fuck source. is Rick Buecher? He writes for Bleacher, he, Rick Buecher? He writes for Bleacher Report. Rick Buecher. Okay. All right. All right. Bleacher Report. Okay. All right. He says, to get Davis, a deal would likely have to involve Porzingis. The hitch there is that any deal involving Porzingis, the soon-to-be-restricted free agent, would have to be consummated before next week's trade deadline, as he couldn't be dealt after the season prior to hitting free agency. Really? Is it because he's still on his rookie contract? I guess you can't trade... Because there's guys that I, could be I guess you can't dealt. trade someone who's a free agent. Of course you can. You can do a sign he's and trade... Wait, wait, wait. He has another year on his contract, though, does he not? No, he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so the Knicks can match any offer anyone makes for him. I follow you. Um, but I assume that they could do a sign and trade of, in some way, maybe. But essentially, you can't trade a free agent. That's all he's saying. Got you. Okay, yeah, I thought he had another year. He's easy. But right. If the Knicks and Porzingis don't come to an agreement this summer, he okay, can, yeah, yeah. What if they did that? Is I mean, is it he can is it possible he can if they wanted to, to? Can they? He can. Can get, they sign Porzingis to an extension? Right during the summer, sign Porzingis to an extension and then trade him. That's probably a loophole that would make it work. <laughs> I don't right? know if that's a loophole, but but whatever it is. Be that as may. I, the, the thing I want to get from you is, let's say KD. I see. I want to. I want to see what it takes to get Anthony Davis here and to, for you to. Give I mean, up you Zion. could just tell me now. Let's say. Let's say KD tells the Knicks front office, "I will come there," and the Knicks front office has to trade KP and knowing that they have the number one pick, so Zion Williamson essentially. But that ensures them that they're going to sign Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant. You know what? Why does Kevin Durant want to come here so bad? But he doesn't want to play with Porzingis. I just don't buy that that's even remotely in his thoughts. He'd want to play with either of those two guys. He's not going to be like, I, don't know his... I want to come to New York, but I'm not fucking playing with Porzingis. I want Anthony Davis instead of Porzingis. Look, you, you get rid of if, Porzingis for Anthony dude, Davis, I'm in. Dude, that's dude, not I, a believable right. situation. It, you're right. It is silly because, yeah, if I was KD, I'd rather play with KP and Zion than just Anthony Davis. You're right. But I don't know how these guys think. Maybe... Uh, Maybe they're friends behind closed doors. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased towards Porzingis, and I like watching all these young guys develop. I know. I like that too. It's you know much you know, how much more fulfilling it will be when we get to the promised land that we've done it with our own players. We know what Anthony Davis is. We know he's a superstar, right? We also know he's injured a lot. Porzingis. This is his first major injury. He still has a ton of potential. He's still like three years younger than Davis. And you have the potential of whoever they can draft in that top three or four, whether it's Barrett, Zion, Morant. 
I don't want to give up two huge potential stars. We know Porzingis has a ton of potential. He's not really an unknown. We don't know how he's going to come back from his injury, but it is Porzingis. Yeah, I, I don't want to come off that like I'm cheering the Knicks to go get Anthony Davis because that's what I'm doing. I, I just want to get an understanding where you're at, you know, as the quintessential Nick fan that we all look to to right, put our finger on the pulse to see where you're right. at. Your pulse <laughs> is just as important. Actually, neither of our pulses are important. That's the wrong choice of word. I love all these guys, and I'm excited to see Porzingis added to them. Dude, I want to see Porzingis line up with Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I, I do. I want to see the Knicks stay the course. I want to see them, else. if they can't get Zion, maybe get Morant. Like, we need a fucking point guard. Right. I don't know if I would want... Everyone's going nuts. Like, could you imagine Durant, Porzingis, and Davis as the front line? I don't know if I want those guys... top-heavy. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want Davis and Porzingis on the same team. I don't know. Now you're talking, well, I mean, you're, you're talking about three guys that have, you know, overlapping styles of play, right? A little bit. I mean, they're all different, right? Durant and KP sh- shoot the three well. I mean, don't get me Davis wrong. Like, we sound like really. morons if, like, we wouldn't take that in a heartbeat because <laughs> you're talking about Durant, Davis, and Porzingis. You know, you're talking about three, you know, two guys arguably in the top five and one in the top 20 player, you know, as part of your starting five. But, but yeah, well, it's if not you're, that, if you're looking it's for not a well-rounded simple, team. Barry. Think about those three guys. Two of them are injury prone. And you're basically giving up any chance at like this. Long, let's say that Anthony Davis and Porzingis battle injuries every year. And then you just gave up on all these young guys, all these first round picks to assemble that front court. It's just a risky move, in my opinion. And you're immediately going from this whole thing that Mills, Perry, and Fizdale have been preaching all year. Like what? It takes four months and Anthony Davis wanting to be traded to ditch the whole plan? Remember the Jimmy Butler rumors? Yeah. Everyone all over the place was saying the Knicks were on his short list of teams. I don't know what happened with that, but he ultimately said they weren't. I also don't know if everyone just puts the Knicks on everyone's list. Well, there's that. And then, I mean, it's also a matter of leverage. It, I mean, you're going to get better offers out there and you're going to you know, put a team on its heels if you say that, that he's open to more teams than just the Lakers. Right. Like, is, is, you know, if, is, is Rich Paul, who's Davis's agent, yeah. trying to get and the Lakers to max their offer before February 7th? You yeah. know? Knowing the Knicks could offer, they could offer the strongest package by the seventh if they did include Porzingis and Knox and next year's first round pick. That's better than anything the Lakers can put together. Yeah, I think the only thing the Knicks do in this situation is not be aggressive, but you want to put like a little feeler out there to see how desperate New Orleans is, which I don't think they are because, it, like I said before, it's in their best interest to wait, you know, till the end of this season. Um, I don't yeah, even a lot think, of other I don't think you even make an offer. Okay. W- what does that get you? You're not going to get him. Everyone's saying he wants the Lakers and that's it. Why are you going to, you're going to have to offer like half of your team or impo- not half your team, but important pieces. 
And that word is going to get out that you offered up. You cannot offer up guys who might be cornerstones of your franchise if they don't get dealt. Right. You can't offer up Knox and Porzingis and Mitchell because then it's going to get out that you did. And then then you're basically dead to Porzingis. We're trying to sign him long term. How was that Brooklyn game the other night? You went into enemy territory. Stefan Bondi during that game said, Stefan Bondi, he said, there were f- less Knicks fans than he's ever seen at a Brooklyn Nets game. Not true. I mean, I've never been to a Brooklyn Nets game. Were there How many Knicks fans you, were there? It was 50-50. Well, so, I'm telling you, it was well, 50% listen, Knicks fans. Well, listen, he's bragging about the fact that it was half filled with Knicks fans and not 70% filled with Knicks fans. That's all you got to fucking know about the Brooklyn Nets yeah. right there. D- dude, it was 50-50. The only reason it sounded like there were more Nets fans because they have that crazy corner. I don't know if they call it the BK box or the BK corner, whatever it is. They got this crazy section filled with these rowdy Nets fans that every two minutes they're going to, shining the lights on, and they're holding up signs. That's the only spot the noise is coming from. So it sounds like... There's more net fans in there, but I'm telling you, you look around, it's 50-50. You're walking through the corridors, 50-50. And how, how many, who was chanting, we want Cantor? Nets fans. Nets fans. Nets fans were chanting, we want Cantor. No Knicks and, fans. You know, no, no Knicks fans. No, and no, you kidding me? And we're the, no, we're Knicks these... fans knows, Knicks fans know what's up. Knicks fans know what's up. I, you know, I, we heard it during the Miami Heat game too. Those little chants, Ennis can, and and like it sounded I'm like what's going on. It sounded like five fucking people. Exactly, it was five fucking people sitting right behind Clyde and bike. Breen. Right, and you know Clyde and Breen sit closer to the Miami bench. Yeah, and behind the Miami bench are more Miami Heat fans, and there's going to be Knicks fans. So yeah, it was it was Miami fans doing that too. And Ennis Cantor's love because it. they know it's stupid to, to fucking play him. They know. And they it's know it's worse off for the Knicks to play him and take minutes from other guys. The beat writers don't know. The beat writers want clicks. Okay? Stefan Stefan Bondi. Can, can you say it? I love Stephane, the way you say it. Stefan Bondi. It's clickbait for him. <laughs> he, he You think he doesn't know what he's doing? You think he's like... He knows what's going to get the attention. He knows what's going to get a lot of people commenting, even though it's like 99% negative tweets towards him. It's still people clicking on his shit. That's all he cares about. Did you hear what Howard Beck tweeted? Something like, of course the Knicks are tanking. They're not playing their best inside scorer and best offensive rebounder. Doesn't make any sense what these guys are saying. It really doesn't. (laughs) Are they watching Mitchell Robinson out there? Who is just the the alley oops between Trier and Robinson are getting me through this ten game losing streak right now? Yeah, yeah, and and don't yeah. I mean, don't look to move Trier. You know, if you're looking to like as one of these young guys as an asset to get like another piece to this team or something, you know, or or like trade for for somebody. Don't don't split up these two. Trier and Robinson definitely have something going. You want to keep those two together. Trier's the, sure. Trier's the only guy out there who figured out. He can just chuck it up to Robinson, and he's going to throw it yeah. down. Yeah, he does it all the time. It's I love it. Did you hear what Clyde said it. during that heat game? Probably. I think it was after like me. the third or fourth alley oop between the two, and Clyde was like, 
No, they must be working on that. They're definitely working on that in practice. Right. Dude, the news is the Knicks are working on shit in practice. That's crazy. <laughs> but the thing is, even if they're not, I mean, it's not necessarily that they are. I mean, Mitchell Robinson has two moves on offense, and that's it. One is the pick and roll where at the, at the top of the key, he sets a pick, and then he rolls to the basket. He does it every, every time. The only other offensive move he has, which I don't even know if you call it an offensive move, is he'll be like, you know, he'll relieve a guard. Like if an offensive play isn't working, he'll come up past the top of the key, they'll give him the ball, and then he'll pass it back out either to the same player or to the other guard, and then they'll rerun the offense. Those are the only two things he does out there. No, or he, so if, or if he just like sort of uses his long arms to pull a rebound away from someone else. Well, yeah, that's different. Down. That's coming off a rebound, and then right. if he does get it, he'll go back up and dunk it. <laughs> but but he, yeah, anybody could throw it up to this guy. I mean, he's he's so lengthy, and he could get so much height and jump. I mean, more guys should be doing this to him. They got it. They're doing they're some some sort of switch flipped over the past few games and they're doing that more and more. And that's going to help their offense immensely. Yeah. When when and their defense has been looking better the last couple yeah. of games. When, they're kind of, you know, they've had moments in these games aside from the Nets game because you know, the the last two games were fine. Like they 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 looked they actually looked good on both ends of the court. Well, I'll most say of these I'll games. say the Heat but can't, that Nets the game Heat can't score. So yeah. So it's a combination of that. But I mean, I was watching the I mean, at the fourth quarter of that Nets game, the Nets looked so good and the Knicks looked so bad. It it, it was atrocious to watch. It was beautiful. And I mean, it's Barry. not like these Nets were running. It's not like these Nets were running like these like elaborate plays. They they would set like these double screens and like a guy would, you know, do a backdoor cut and they would dish just him the ball and it just the, the Knicks defense was, was just falling apart. But the Knicks were holding their own the last couple of games. There was a tenacity there. They were getting through picks. They were staying on their man. They were they were they were making the other teams nervous. They were they were doing double um, double teams. Yeah, they're switching. There was a lot going on. They're switching less. They're playing individually better defensively. Each one of them. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is the type of ball that that the Knicks preach that they want to play. Not only defensive, but I mean that stuff leads to turnovers. You want a fast paced game. You know, so I'm I'm hoping we're going to continue to see more of that, and then that's going to be like a true sign that that hey, something's clicking. You know, these players are, are, are getting more experience. They're seeing more action. They're knowing how to react to plays. But those beat writers want to they want to put Cantor back in there, Barry. Want to put him back in? You're trying to trying to rile me grab right some rebounds. He's he got, could put up double doubles. How could, many times have I mean? You look at the numbers, and we th there's proof there that yeah he's putting up numbers. Maybe he's putting up better numbers personally and individually than the other guys that you have on the floor. But look at your team numbers when he's on the floor. Please, half of his fucking Compared rebounds come guys. from his own misses. So I don't want to hear about his numbers. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, for sure. Mitchell Robinson over his last six games, Barry. You know what his per thirty six stats are. Oh, it's probably like fucking nine blocks. 19.2 <laughs> points, 7.7 boards, 5.8 blocks. Oh, my God. He's shooting 81% from the field. Can we get some more minutes for this guy? I understand when he's in foul trouble that you got to sit him, you know, because you want to stretch him out. 
through that game. But when he's not, and in the last couple of games, he's been like controlling himself a little bit more. Can we get some more minutes for this guy? Start him. Start him. What's, where's the leash? <laughs> Why is the leash on him? I can't continue to watch games where he only plays seven minutes in each half. Fucking put him in to start the game. Yep, he's coming in too late, and he's sitting down too early. You're what is the worst right. that happens? He fucking fouls out? We're not winning these games anyway. Fizdale took him out of the starting lineup because he didn't want him getting in early foul trouble. Who cares? But that's even fine with me. If he picks up three fouls, you know, midway through the second quarter and you want to sit him, that's fine. But if he's still only sitting there with one foul, keep the guy in there. It, dude, if he starts the game and picks up three fouls in the first five minutes, fine. Then you pull him out and you bring him back in the second half. He's not going to get any less minutes than he's getting now. Dude, 14 minutes, 15 minutes a game, and he's the only center on our roster. Because Cornette is out. And Cantor's yeah. sitting at the end of the bench waving to the fans every time anyone chants we want Cantor. <laughs> Cantor's saying he's feeling bad for the fans because they're paying money to go see the Knicks. And clearly they want to see him in there because they're chanting for him and he can't go out there and help his team. Yeah, I got news for you, buddy. We're not paying our money to watch you down in the post, take a few hard dribbles, back up into the basket and get a lay-in. I want to see Mitchell Robinson flying through the air. I want to see him grabbing balls out of the air and throwing it down. I want to see him jumping 15 feet in the air to block a jump shooter's jump shot. Okay, that's what I want to see. I want to see some excitement. You don't want to see Cantor plodding down the court on a fast break about 50 feet behind everyone else? You don't want to pay for that, Barry? You out of your fucking mind? (laughs) That doesn't get you excited? And Cantor is, I don't know what to believe anymore. After every game now, he's talking about how Fisdale doesn't speak to him. Hasn't spoken to him like a man about the situation. And Fisdale, yeah, that makes Fisdale sense keeps saying that he spoke to him multiple times. He said he even spoke to Cantor in front of the whole team. So what is Cantor just creating all this fake drama? We don't need it. I love that story about Mario Hazonia. I think it was the first game Cantor was benched and the Knicks were playing well and Cantor was just sitting at the end of the bench. Yeah. Did you hear what he said to him? Get up and yeah. fucking cheer. Get up and fucking cheer. Get up and fucking cheer. I don't give a shit what Mario Hazonia does the rest of the season. He won me over for that. Sign him to a He's max. He's been playing Barry. well. Hey, Mario's turned his game around. He's been playing very well over the last uh, stretch of games. Hear that music? Yeah, I hear it. That's the end. It's sad, right? We didn't even get to talk about Damian Dotson's headband. What do you want to say about Damian Dotson's headband? He looks good in it. Look. Whoa. Slim. Dude. You don't like it? I like the headband Craig. with the little t-shirt no. he's been wearing. Dude, the headband on Dotson, it looks like he's got a fucking brain injury or something. It looks like a bandage. It's so thick and wide. It looks like he just came out of brain surgery, dude. Especially when they had the white ones on the other night against Charlotte. Would you say that's the headband, or does he have like an oddly shaped head? Maybe. I mean, it's the same headband that Robinson's wearing. Let me see. And other guys in the league. It's like that NBA standard issue headband. But pull up a picture of Dotson. Well, what do I have to search? Dotson headband. I mean, I noticed it with the blue headband that it was so big. But then with the white one, dude, it looked like he, he should be laying in a fucking hospital bed. You know what? I'm not so judgmental on people's looks. Like, like you and the headband. 
Maybe you deserved those links from your mother-in-law. All right, because you're sitting here telling me that Damien Dotson with a headband looks like he just had brain surgery and his head is misshapen. Dude, I didn't your, say his head was your misshapen. Your mother-in-law thinks your body's misshapen. And you didn't like how that felt. She does. Yeah. And here you are ripping on Damien Dotson with how he wears a headband. Is that nice? I'm looking out for Nick. All right, we got to look out for these Nick players. You want to hear who we got coming up or what? We got a nice four-game homestand. First, I want to tell everyone to reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at hardnickslife and at Barry Dworkin, right? Ah, thanks for the plug, bro. You're welcome. Usually I don't do that, but I figured it'd be nice. You can call us. 516-33-MESH-1. VIP shout-out, Arno Lysans. Barry, who do we got coming up? Like I said, we're we're at the Garden four games straight. So, hmm. I mean, look, we've been stuck on 10 wins for a long time, which is fine by me. Yeah. But, it's beautiful. But, dude, when, when Hardaway hit that three the other night against Miami to tie it 90-90 to 90 with, like, I don't know, it was like three-something to go, I got all fucking excited and happy. Like, oh, my God, they fucking climbed back on this run. And then the heat just just, just went away with it. I, I, I felt like I had fucking blue balls. I was really looking to get off with a win. <laughs> how long have Miami. you... I'm telling okay, you. Okay, how long have you been holding on to that blue ball comment? Because that's all. No, I fucking tweeted it. I'll be honest with you. I tweeted it right when I felt that way. And did it that work? That night did during the game. Did what work? People like it. Oh, I don't know if they liked it or not. No, they, I didn't get that much response. I was just, but the, honestly, that's what I felt like. But you, you're going like to give it one more try. You can give one more try on the podcast. Your blue balls and getting off on the win. Is this podcast not to to, to say what goes through our minds as we're you know relating to the Knicks? Yeah, sure. Come on, don't get on me for that shit. Look, we got four games coming up at home. I wouldn't be surprised if we got two wins out of the next four games. I wouldn't. I'd be upset if we get two wins on the next four games, Barry. That's fine. We don't want. I'm just wins. telling you what I think, the way I see it. Look, all I want is Robinson to, to be catching these alley oops, throwing them down. I want to see Cantor upset on the end of the bench. I want to see Knox do what he did in the last game. Finally, woke the fuck up. That's right. His, his stroke came back from three point land. Wednesday night, Dallas hmm. comes to town. Luca. Friday night, we got Boston. Sunday, Memphis. And Tuesday in Detroit. Four homers in a row. We got one day rest between each game. That's why I'm thinking the Knicks might be able to put two together here somewhere. Here you go, Barry. What's up? You hear that? That's for you. Do you want a firm stomach? Well, then this is the way to get it. It's seven minutes a day. Seven days a week, and you'll you're gonna work it. out on the way out and do of this all pod. The exercises all seven That's Richard days. Simmons and inspiring you. So, get your Richard Simmons workout on, Barry. Exhale. You gotta and move the body. As, you gotta. As, as mo- as, you gotta as get the blood flowing, flowing is, Barry. You gotta get the blood flowing. Inhale. It's it's not working for me. Say say doing it for me. All right, dude. It's a hard Nick's life, but as Barry's mother-in-law likes to say, it is a very soft Nick's life. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Say you're gonna work on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna work on it, man. <laughs> I mean, Craig, would you like to say uh, "fuck you, mom"? 
No, I told you. I said thank you. I thought it was amusing <laughs> more than anything else, okay? If I told you once, I've told you a thousand times, I love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.